Welcome to the Genius Garden. I invite you to quiet your mind, open your heart, and channel the glorious creative divine that lives within you. Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to the Genius Garden. I am Jessie, your host, and I am joined by my cat, Wednesday. It is early on a Saturday morning. I'm the first person awake in my home. Wednesday has been alone by herself, awake all night. And when the first person wakes up, she gets really excited. <laughs> so I tried to keep her in the hallway for this recording, but she started meowing at the door and I just decided to let her in and she's purring. Um, it's likely that you will be able to hear her in this recording, but I can hear her for certain. But I just decided that I was going to let her come in and I was going to let her purr because who doesn't love the sound of a kitty cat purring? But I am going to try to stop her from rubbing up against my sacred space, which is where I do my recordings. <laughs> because that sound can be a little distracting sometimes. So this episode is fairly impromptu. I have no notes. <laughs> it was something that just occurred to me and it felt like it needed to be said and I have definitely designated this space here for those moments of inspiration and kitty purrs. <laughs> for those moments of inspiration where I feel like a fundamental truth has kind of wormed its way into my consciousness and needs to be shared for the greater good. I absolutely believe I'm doing this for the greater good and not in an egocentric or egotistical way, more so as like a vessel of the one. At least that's what I'm going for. I'm going to continue to try to show up expressing my genius as a vessel of the one. Let me take a sip of my coffee and tell you that, you know, just in case you didn't know, just in case you've been living your life otherwise, just in case you've forgotten, just in case this world has you in a space of doubt about this, just in case it's exactly what you need to hear right now. Money is not the point of being alive. I'm showing up to say this because it, I, and maybe we live in different uh, digital worlds because I know each of ours is tailored to um, much of our base desires what we click on in times of weakness but anyway <laughs> that's just a joke um, but I see a lot about making money a lot like a lot and I want to follow this up, this bold statement that money is not what life is about at all, with the recognition that money is part of what life is about because in order to grow to a higher level of consciousness, we need to have good food to eat. We need shelter. We need clean water. Um, we need the necessities that money in this day and age provides. I am not delusional. I will not pretend that money isn't important. Uh, it is. Money is important. Um, money provides independence. It allows you to meet your needs such that you can move up 
uh, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, check it out. Uh, but before you can really begin to quest after integration, you know, uh, or uh, self-actualization, which literally, basically, another word for self-actualization is just channeling your genius consistently. You need to make sure that your basic needs, your fundamental needs, are met. And you know, at, at the bottom of that period of, of that pyramid, rather, is like food, water, shelter, clothing. Yes, and these are all things that money provides. Money is important, but it is not the reason why we are here. And I think that a lot of us have this confused. And why wouldn't we? If we look at the world that we live in and what it's become and the messaging that we receive on a daily basis, um, you know, from loved ones, likely, from our culture, from media, it's consistently reinforced that if you don't have a lot of money, you're shit. And I say this, I know that's not a very, you know, holy word to use. Uh, and I, I do choose to use it in this context because that seems to be what the messaging is. Uh, and if you don't have a lot of money, somehow it's a personal failing on, on your part to, you know, you haven't been able to hack the system, you haven't been able to figure out how to get money coming to you. And there's all sorts of information out there that promises to teach you how to hack the system that promises to teach you how to get money to come, you know, come flowing into you, into your experience, into your life. And again, money is not bad. It's just not the point. It's not why we're here at all. Now you want to leave, kitty? Oh my goodness, this kitty cat. I'm guessing that if you are here listening to this, that you're following some sort of spiritual path, at least partially consciously. Okay, so all of us are on a spiritual path, whether we know it or not. I'm guessing that you probably know that you're on a spiritual path, that you're taking a spiritual journey, and that part of your conscious experience is learning how to do that in the most fulfilling and sustaining of ways. Likewise, I'm guessing that you're aware that the purpose of the spiritual journey is to unify with one, is to have moments of pure consciousness, um, and likewise to embody genius, to show up here in your physical incarnation, doing the gorgeous work and play that flows through you naturally and beautifully and is a gift from the greater cosmos from which you sprang. And knowing that these are the the objectives of the spiritual journey or you know what each of us is seeking to achieve should be enough to let us know that money and the having of it and the getting the more of it and the keeping it and the managing it um, should be a bit of a secondary or a tertiary concern when it comes to priorities. 
Now, one of the reasons why it becomes a primary concern is because of our fear. It's because we're terrified of that we won't be able to sustain or support ourselves. It's a deep terror. But I want to pose a question to you, and this is one that I often pose to myself when I begin to worry about money. When has, have you not been able to make it work in one way or another? When have you absolutely failed at attaining the, your, you know, your needs to sustain your life? Has that ever happened? And are you ever really in danger of that happening? Now, I know that there are beings on this planet who are, and I am not denying their existence or experience, but I'm asking you, listening to this right now, right now in this moment, are you in danger of not being able to obtain your next meal? Are you in danger of having no shelter over your head? None. And I don't mean losing your apartment and going to live with a relative. I mean, are you in danger of homelessness at this moment in time? And if your answer to these questions is yes, then it seems to me that yes, obtaining some money should be a top priority, obviously, because if you can't take care of your material needs, then you can't actually show up in this fully embodied way. But if the answer to this question is no, then it's time to kind of say, okay, and move forward in terms of priorities so that you can actually pursue what it is you're meant to do while you're here. We attach so much importance to the accumulation of material wealth and money, specifically because we are absolutely in doubt of our ability to provide for ourselves. We attach these to the future, you know, we attach this to thoughts of retirement, and yet we live in a very challenging situation. But um, there's a lot that's happening outside of our control, but what's within our control is how much power we decide to give what's happening outside of our control. And um, I just reached this moment of clarity. I mean, I've honestly, I've been very clear about this off and on for the better part of my life. This is something that I've been able to connect with in a fully embodied way. This idea that money is not the most important thing. It's important, but it's really not high up there on the list of true priorities for living a resonant, expressive, creative, loving, you know, heart-centered life. Uh, I've also learned that when we do put money in the top spot or the accumulation of it and parallel to this is when we put um, achievement in career at the top spot in terms of priorities um, it's basically the same thing uh, it's very much egocentric and ego driven like I want to achieve this I want to achieve that that comes from a space of just general unworthiness feeling like in order to be worthy to be someone um, that you need to first achieve, achieve, achieve. You need to prove yourself. You need to prove your worthiness in this world, which you do not, by the way. Um, and when we put these in, this, in the center of our experience, and when we make them our number one priority, we are inevitably going to feel awful 
about ourselves. Because the fear that inspires these priorities is what really needs to be addressed. And it's not the accumulation of achievement or the accumulation of material wealth. Because if you, if the fear is not unaddressed, and addressing the fear is a spiritual concern, okay? That's something that we can do through deep reflection, through meditation, through mindfulness, is addressing this fear. If we are putting the accumulation of wealth and position in, in the space of first priority in our lives, we are destined to be miserable and we are destined to remain unfulfilled because it means that we haven't yet addressed the fear at the root of prioritizing those things. And it's only through addressing that fear that we can find true happiness. It's only through realizing, like, I'm fine, I'm okay. I can make it work. Which is a way of affirming competency, by the way. Instead of saying, it's not enough, it'll never be enough, I can't, I don't trust myself to be able to support myself. It's saying, it's enough, I've got this, I can support myself. So it's basically putting yourself back in a position of power. And, you know, it's also the difference between saying, okay, when I achieve this, I'll be okay. When I've done this with my life, I wouldn't have wasted my life, right? When I've finally made sure that I've capitalized on my talents and my skills and um, and I've brought this thing into being, then it'll be okay. That's another way of saying, I'm not worthy right now, I'm not good enough right now, and I won't be until I achieve these things. So when you take that out of the priority spot, you say, I'm good right now, I'm worthy right now. No matter what it is that I achieve from this point forward, I, I'm showing up to live and I'm fulfilling my purpose just doing that. So it's fine. Once you take those out of the equation in terms of, um, you know, once you take those out, those perspectives, once you flip them on their head and you realize that you're already fine, that you're always going to have enough, that you're always going to make it work, it frees you to actually do the spiritual work you're here to do. And what's some of that spiritual work you're here to do is to figure out how to actually love people well, yourself included. It's to figure out ways to consistently connect to the one and marvel in the experience that you're having at this moment. Marvel in the fact that you're even alive, that you get to see a tree, that you get to walk through this world and navigate it and come in contact with other people walking through this world, navigating it. Um, that you get to actually experience a human life. And you get to recognize that it is all about the, the, the health and well-being of our personal relationships. You get to focus on how can I show up better for this person? How can I be in this world that makes people think that this is a good place to be in? And that was something... Um, that occurred to me the other day. I was out on one of my beautiful, glorious walks, and this is why I say money can't, money can't take top billing. Because um, for me, I really feel like I'm living, and I'm having these moments of poignant connection and self-realization, and like the unfolding of what everything is all about when I'm sitting in a beautiful park sketching or journaling. I was sketching my childhood library from memory. And that was really fun, by the way. <laughs> I 
I think I'm going to make that a practice to try to sketch things, like to try to conjure a, a visual memory of something and sketch something from that visual memory because I know it doesn't even look like my childhood library, but it looks like what my memory thinks my childhood library looks like, which is very meta and interesting, but I digress. Sketching my library from childhood where it occurred to me that maybe my purpose here is to show up in the world in a way that make people think that the world is a good place to be in. Because right now, there's a lot out there to make us feel like being here in this world is a bad thing, that we got screwed over being here right now. <laughs> um, and there's a lot to reinforce that, because everyone's jumped on the bandwagon and they just, you know you know they're going with this um you know they've the juggernaut has taken them and they're like yeah this isn't a great place to be well maybe my my one of my purposes here is to live in a way that makes people think maybe this is a good place to be and this is just you know being generally friendly to people i meet um laughing being kind um being helpful and supportive radical i know um but when we stop thinking about the attainment of money and success and status, then we free ourselves up to think about these things. If we stop being so freaking terrified about, uh, about things that we needn't really be terrified about, frankly. Um, if we stop being concerned with how other people view us and just look at things as they are and ask ourselves, do I have a, do I have a roof over my head? Do I have money? Do I have what I need? Yes, okay, good, moving on. Then we can actually begin to do the work of the self. We can begin to do the work of the soul. We can begin to figure out what true happiness is and what true connection is. And we can actually begin enjoying our lives and we can begin to shape ourselves into these gorgeous like divine beings that whose existence just by the mere sheer fact of existing is adding worth and value uh, to this world and I hear my people stirring I hear my people stirring beneath me and I kind of feel like I've only scratched scratched the surface here and I feel like there may be a many, many, many different questions that arise naturally in you as a result of what it is that I've expressed and shared here, and I'd actually love to hear them. Um, you can email me at jessie at jessiehuntenberg.com with your questions, with your thoughts, with your concerns. Um, I believe that you can also comment on the podcast or send a message to me, um, you know, via the podcast page and I think I've set up like audio messaging I think um, but I'd love to hear your your feedback on this and it's like I I feel like I have to cut this off because people are beginning to stir but I feel like I want to keep speaking to this and maybe I will keep speaking to this until um, I get interrupted I just spent the past two days at uh, a beach called Cape May on the southern tip of New Jersey and it is the place that I go when I go to the beach with my family and it was kind of a last-minute trip 
my daughter begins camps um, in a couple days, and we were just really trying to live it up during the two weeks between school ending and her going to camp. And we've been to the beach, we've been to the pool, we've been to the zoo. We've really, like, we really have lived it up. And uh, we went to the, the Celtic Fling or Renaissance Fair. Um, and I feel really proud that I was able to follow through on that, my intention of just making these two weeks just wonderful time for us as a family to just enjoy and have a great time. So I kind of wanted to cap this off with just two, just two days at the beach, just an overnight trip. And it was off the cuff. It was last minute. And I'm just like, I just, I feel like we should do this. So I booked our hotel room, which happened to be in a Victorian hotel that was built in 1876. So I love Victorian architecture. I live in a renovated Victorian house in a neighborhood of renovated Victorian houses that still very much look like they did at least on the exterior when they were built in the early 1900s. It's definitely a look for me. Um, this hotel was gorgeous. There were flowers everywhere, um, you know, a couple blocks away from the beach. And I didn't know it, but there was a band playing at the hotel on the night that I booked and it was just gorgeous, wonderful music. And the entire town had like shown up for this event. I didn't know that the hotel I was staying in was about to become like a giant like lawn party of everyone just dressed in gorgeous beachy clothes and just enjoying the music. I was out there with my husband and I was just you know, hugging him. My daughter was in the room because she was just so tired from the day on the beach. Just like swaying to the music and this lovely, just this beautiful, having this beautiful experience. And it was just so clear to me that just the like moments like this of true enjoyment and connection with the people you care about and also with other people around. I mean, that's what a musical experience often is as well. Um, it really is what life is about. And did money partially make that possible? You know, did I need to have money in order to book the hotel? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but that money should be seen as a servant of your happiness and not as the goal itself. You know, sometimes those who see money as the goal, they, they pass up experiences like that because they don't want to spend the money. They don't want to spend the money. Um, but again, the hoarding of the money and the having of the money is not the point. Um, but it was just blissful. Just being on the beach, everyone grounding with their feet in the sand. And my husband and I were looking at the scene of everyone just swimming, playing catch, you know, doing cartwheels and gymnastics, digging holes. Like, also, all ages represented, engaged in these beautifully playful activities, okay? Like you see children from the age of two to like grown men to the age of 50 digging a giant hole in the sand. Um, you know, you see fathers and sons playing catch. Um, you see mothers and daughters building sandcastles and playing catch as well. You see people just reading or lounging or talking to each other most enjoyably. In those moments, it becomes clear that this is what life is about. It is not about glorious achievement. Um, it is not about the 
you know, the day-to-day uh, effort of accumulating wealth. It's not really about being shut away in little cubicles and typing away here, there, and everywhere to try to make more money for this person or that person or yourself or what have you because you're so terrified that your family's going to fall to ruin if you don't spend every, you know, most of your waking hours in this little cubicle punching, punching, punching. And my husband, he looked at me, he's like, because... I was like, why is this so wonderful? He's like, because this is like the most human thing that anyone can do. It's just people here being human beings and just existing. Just existing without like agenda. Not trying to get anything from each other. And there's like this natural community that blooms in this environment. You know, your children play. My daughter was playing with a little boy. They're having a great time. You know, and her father comes up to us. And he says, oh, your daughter, you know, she's being, you know, so good to my son. And we're like, oh, there's, you know, she's enjoying it too. She's having a great time. He's like, um, I really need to go to, you know, the facilities. Would you mind keeping an eye on him? We're like, no, no, of course not. Literally just met this man. It was the environment itself and the tr- pure well-being of that environment that convinced him. And, and the way that our daughter showed up in the world and the way that we were paying attention to her it convinced him he knew he could trust us with his son in that moment and to me that was beautiful we're always so suspicious of each other what's this person trying to get from me where you know we're wary of um you know stranger danger stranger danger we're wary of trusting the people around us and i think sometimes for good reason because the environments we find ourselves in are fucking cutthroat um we're trying we're not really trying to connect we're trying to appear amazing to each other you know we're not trying to really trying to be of service we're trying to assess the situation and see what we can get out of it where we're not trying to build a community we're trying to suss out you know who's worthy and who's not and try to you know line up with the worthy people it's just not a way to live as soon as you take that like that lack mentality of i don't have enough as soon as you take that out of the equation, as soon as you stop making the goal be, you know, status and wealth, then it actually does free you to see people as fellows, as also people who are navigating the situation. It frees you to prioritize connection. It frees you to prioritize uh, trust. It, it frees you to actually cultivate all of these things that will truly bring you happiness and fulfillment um like i said connection trust faith uh money's not bad but it's not what it's about um and if it takes up a huge amount of space in your psycho spiritual landscape it's time to relegate it to the background where it belongs you know pay your bills take care of what needs to be taken care of and manage what needs to be managed and then when you're done go live Um, Go live in the spiritual realm. Go figure out ways to love more deeply. Go practice vulnerability. Go practice connection. Create experiences for yourself where you're going to see your fellow human beings in a, uh, a beautiful, brilliant light. Because that is what it's about, my friends. So much love to you. I hope that this served you in one way or another. And I will talk with you soon. Thank you.